Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. I hope you're having a terrific Wednesday morning. We got a lot to get into today, and I really want to talk about, at least in this first segment, I want to go through uh, the NBA and just do a little standings watching and show you where each team is at, and then the NFL had some proposed rule changes, but there's one key thing that they're missing out on, because there's one thing the NFL has done right, but also one thing the NFL has done wrong going into next season as far as rule changes. So we'll get to that in this first segment. And then I want to follow up on the aftermath of Will Smith and Chris Rock at the Oscars, as we've had a couple of days to digest it, and I'm sure you are suffering from the fatigue of all this news, but there's one thing from this whole situation that has, in the words of Sebastian Maniscalco, bothered me. So there's one thing that's bothered me about the entire thing. So I want to get to that, well, among many other things, but I want to get to that later. But right now, Within the NBA, last night you had the Mavs beat the Lakers, crush the Lakers, as a matter of fact. The Lakers had no chance. They didn't have LeBron James in that game. And where where does that put the Warriors in the standings right now? Well, currently they're the three seed at 48-28. and 28. 
The Mavericks are climbing. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They've just won their last two games. But they're only one game back of the Warriors. And tonight, you're having a matchup between the Mavs and the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers right now are going to... They're looking like they're going to be in the play-in tournament uh, for the Eastern Conference. But you're having a game with them. And then you also got the Warriors and the Suns coming up. And even without... Or even with Draymond and Clay and Otto Porter Jr. back on the court. Without Steph, you're going up against a team that's won 61 games. Which is crazy. I don't think we're giving them enough. I don't think we're giving the Suns nearly enough credit for how good of a season they're having. They've won six, 61 games. They've won eight straight. I mean, think about it. They've only lost 14 times. That is insane. The Warriors have lost twice as much as they have this season. So it's going to be a tough matchup. And really anyone who's facing the Suns nowadays, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy for any team going up against Phoenix. So you could be seeing a stretch here where after today the Warriors are going to be down in the four seed because the Mavericks, they would be tied theoretically within the record, but they've already won the tiebreaker, so the Mavs would be taking that top spot over the Warriors if their records are tied by the end of the season. So it's looking more and more like the Warriors are going to get to that four seed, and who knows what's going to happen uh, with the Utah Jazz, because the Utah Jazz right now are three games back of the Warriors. I don't envision the Warriors falling to that fifth spot, but Who knows for the rest of the regular season. They still have yet to figure it out with out Stephen Curry. Now, I was actually just looking at this, too. Normally, I'm I'm a fan of the playing game. I'm a fan of the playing tournament. I I really like. Did I just say I'm a flan of it? Uh, Yeah, I'm a flan of the of the of the of the playing tournament. I'm a big fan of it because I do think that there are a lot of talented teams that get left off of the playoff standings and just don't have a chance. But this year, it's totally different for me. Now, the Warriors, last year when they were in the play-in, they'd won 39 games. Now, right now, the Pelicans, who are in the 9th seed, have only won 32. The Spurs, who are in the 10th seed, have only won 31. Within the Western Conference... I hate the fact that the play-in tournament is around. Like, it's pretty clear that the top eight teams have separated separated themselves from the rest. The Pelicans, Spurs, Lakers, Blazers, Kings, Thunder, Rockets. We all know those teams to be ones which are really just tune-up games, essentially. Like, those are games that you should win if you're playing any of those teams, which is crazy to think when talking about the Lakers. But then in the top eight, you got the Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavs, Jazz, Nuggets, Timberwolves, and the Clippers. Like, the top eight all deserve to get in. But the rest, it's just, we don't need a play-in tournament for the Western Conference. But on the other side, on the Eastern Conference, when you're looking at their 7 through 10, you got the Cavs, you got the Nets, you got the Hornets, and then you got the Hawks. The Cavs are 40, have 42 wins, the Nets have 40, the Hornets have 39, and the Hawks have 38. That play-in tournament is going to be electric to see who deser- to see who gets that 7th and 8th spot. That is going to be fantastic. So on one side, it's saying, yeah, this validates why I love it within the Eastern Conference. But in the Western Conference, that validates why people hate it. 
because fans don't want mediocre teams to possibly win, even if it could be. I mean, it's not like it's not like with March Madness where you know St. Peter's goes in and you know oh they get to the Elite Eight, maybe they get to the Final Four. Well, you know what? If they beat North Carolina, that'd be a fun story. But you know that when they get to the Final Four, they more likely than not are going to lose. And that's what happened when they got to the Elite Eight. It's fun, but they're not going to be contending toward the final. And you could have a team be in that situation because no one really cares about college basketball around here. So it's fun to watch the underdog. But people care about watching the playoffs. And if you have either the Pelicans or the Spurs contending there for that eighth spot, I mean, what are we doing? Shout out to Willard and Dibs. What are you doing, NBA? But on one side, the Eastern Conference, that shows why you love the playing tournament. But on the other side, it shows why you hate it. So you, you have both of them there. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens toward the end of the season. I just can't believe how much the, the Lakers have fallen off. They're 31-44. and 44. That's going to conclude our standings watching. To start off the show, I just wanted to give you a little update as we're going to see the Warriors and the Suns coming up here. Uh, but on to the NFL. There have been a couple of proposed rule changes. One of which is fantastic. And this one goes back to the Chiefs and the Bills game where Patrick Mahomes scored on the first possession and you have that camera shot of Josh Allen on the sideline Just looking puzzled. And everyone is saying that he needs to get another chance. Now, everyone was saying that same thing about Patrick Mahomes when they played the Patriots in the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes was left standing on the sideline without getting a chance to even touch the ball in overtime to give his team a chance to score. But this rule just came back. The NFL owners yesterday voted to implement a change in the playoffs that will ensure each team will get at least one possession. This is a modified version of the proposal set forth by the Indianapolis Colts and the Philadelphia Eagles, which would have required one possession for each team in overtime for all games. Regular season rules for overtime will remain unchanged. And that's something that I thought about after those playoffs was I never really cared about it during the regular season. I didn't care. It was just, all right, first team to score, that's fine. You don't give them another chance. Well, they get another game to come back next week. They can, they, can, they, they, they can suffer a loss here during the regular season. That's okay. They can get by. But in the playoffs, when overtime is your last chance, I absolutely agree that they should keep this, keep this rule like it is. Now, if both teams remain tied after each has had a possession, then the game will go to a sudden-death format, which is how it should be, at least within the playoffs. I never really cared about it in the regular season. I remember thinking, what? I I barely even noticed it. I never thought after a team scores a touchdown force, oh, man. Man, I wish the other team would have gotten a possession. I just thought, well, rules are rules. They ended up scoring, and the defense should have made a stop. And that's how I did feel after that playoff game, but I also thought, man, it would have been much cooler with that being one of the better playoff games, one of the best quarterback battles that we've seen in the playoffs between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. They were just going back and forth, back and forth, and you didn't even give Josh Allen a shot. They needed to make that change. But one issue that I did have out of these changes, 
They're not going to make any change to the taunting penalties. That's not going to happen. I thought that taunting penalties were the worst part about the season last year. Just everything. It was so, you know, one thing would would count as taunting, and then another thing wouldn't. You can get up, you can showboat if you make a tackle, but then on the offensive end, if you give them some sort of acknowledgement during the play, after the play, then you get a taunting penalty for it. And the NFL said that only four of the taunting penalties that they gave out were wrong. If they think that only four of the taunting penalties they gave out were wrong, well, they're dead wrong. Shout out to Shasky for that segment. They are dead wrong if they think that only four of those taunting penalties weren't warranted. Like, come on. Those taunting penalties are the worst thing to happen, especially when you're trying to have more fun in the game. And, you know, watching these guys talk trash, that's part of it. That's all part of it. And when the emotion, as a player, I can't even imagine how that would be as a professional athlete, when you make a play and you want to showboat and you're not even doing it to show off to the other team. You're not even doing it to make fun of them. You're not doing it. You're not pulling a Will Smith on Chris Rock. You're not doing it directly so that you could show that you're more masculine than the other guy. Sometimes you get excited by a play and then they call a taunting penalty for it. That's just a rule that's going to continue to get worse. But the fact that they are making these rule changes just goes to show. And and I don't know taunting penalties. They haven't been got. They haven't gotten rid of them. But changing the overtime rule in the playoffs, they saw that they had an issue. Now it's taken a couple of years for them to get it done and for them to have another game where they said, "Okay, now we really need to make the change." But when they feel like they need to make the change, they do it. And that's something that I think baseball suffers from. The NBA, they tried their hand at it with the the rule on three-pointers. You know, the James Harden rule where you're really not allowed to just jump into defenders and try and cause a, uh, try and cause a foul. I think they've tried to work their way around it now. But man, baseball needs to work on making their rule changes much more frequently than uh, just like the NFL does, just like the NBA does, because they realize that when there's an issue with their sport, they're going to try and fix it. But taunting penalties. We have a whole other season of going after taunting. Oh boy. It really can make or break a game, depending on when it happens. And then there could be moments where you look for taunting and they just don't make the call. That's the, uh, that's, the, that's the other issue I have with that statement that there were only four taunting penalties that they got wrong. How about the ones that they didn't call, didn't remain consistent with? That's my question, too. How many of those were there where maybe they should have been called, but they didn't get called? I wonder how many of those they're talking about because you'd have to go through Every single minute of every single game, because I'm sure you could find some taunting penalties that were missed that they did not see. I wonder how many of those there are, instead of just the four taunting penalties that they got wrong that were actually called. How about the ones that weren't called? That's my question. All right, that's enough rant for the NFL rule changes. 888-957-9570 is the Comcast business text line. It's also the phone number if you want to weigh in. But on the other side, 
the aftermath of this Will Smith and Chris Rock fiasco that took place at the Oscars on Sunday night. Again, I'm sure you're fatigued by it, but there is something to come out of this that really frustrates me. And this just has to do with social media and how we use social media as the excuse for our actions. So I do want to get to that next. And Shannon Sharp had a really funny rant on Undisputed. I don't watch that show with Shannon and Skip Bayless uh, because I'm not a fan of Skip Bayless. I don't. I don't. I don't think he really believes in a lot of what he's saying. Uh, but I do think Shannon Sharp does. And when Shannon Sharp was talking about Will Smith and what he would have done if he were Chris Rock. It's great. We'll get to that on the other side. Stephen Lightfoot and on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in. Happy Wednesday, everybody. As the big voice guy said, Stephen Langford's in. I don't have to tell you again. But the Comcast business text line is 888-957-9570. That's also the phone number if you want to weigh in on whatever I'm talking about today. Now, on the other side of this segment, I do want to get into uh, some baseball and just the overlook of the Giants roster and to see how you, the pregame show listeners, are feeling about baseball, no matter which team you're a fan of, whether it's the A's, whether it's the Giants, whoever it is. 
I'd love to know how you're feeling about this baseball season. So we'll get to that on the other side. But I do want to talk about the aftermath here of the Will Smith and Chris Rock incident. Because we are three days removed from it. Now, I know you're saying, Stephen, this this thing's been going, this bleep's been going on for the whole week. Like, do you really need to talk about it? Well, I do. Because there's a couple of things that I have an issue with, and this is what... This just speaks to a larger part of what the problem is with society and thinking that social media is a real thing and we could just use social media as like a vessel to to express our opinion, which is what we should be doing. But when it comes to apologies, I am not with that. Now, first off, before we get to all of that that I just saw this past week... Shannon Sharp on Undisputed. He does the show with Skip Bayless if you haven't heard of it. But we all on sports radio discussed this at length. And Shannon Sharp had my favorite clip out of anything that I've seen uh, from the sports radio aspect of it. Here is what Shannon Sharp said on Undisputed. If he were Chris Rock, he walks up on stage. What he should have done is what DC Young Fly did last year when somebody came up on the stage and whipped him. Because, see, this is going to be out there for perpetuity. But also, would have been out there for perpetuity. I'd have come up out that tux. I'd have whipped Will Smith ass. I, well, I know you. I would have whipped. He'd have had to whip me or I'd have had to whip him. And every time I see him, it's on sight. <laughs> so, so, my favorite part about that is, I, first off, I believe Shannon Sharp. I do believe him. That if he were Chris Rock in that situation, that he would have got up out the tux. But I think my favorite part of that sound clip that I saw is normally that show, they try and take two sides to every argument, no matter... They take two sides to every argument, no matter what the topic is. But this one, Skip Bayless did not want to say anything against Shannon Sharp. He didn't say... No, Will Smith would have beat you up. Come on, you wouldn't have done that. He didn't do anything like that. He's like, no, I know you. You wouldn't. You would have. But also, would have been at the perpetuity. I'd have come up out that tux. I'd have whipped Will Smith ass. I, well, I know you. you I would have whipped. He'd have had to whip me, or I'd have had to whip him. And every time I see him, it's on site. Uh, now the end of that clip, Skip Bayless. Yeah, I know you. Yeah. No, you. Of course you would have. I. Yeah, I'm not saying anything against that. What are you? What are you kidding? I'd have whipped Will Smith ass. I, well, I know you. you I would have whipped. He'd have had to whip me, or I'd have had to whip him. And every time I see him, it's on sight. No argument from Skip. But the end of that clip, when he says no argument, it's on sight. Well, the word assault has been thrown around quite a bit. The word assault has been thrown around a lot, actually, especially from comedians. Comedians, this is the. There, there are a lot of times here during the Me Too movement where comedians feel that they have to defend their fellow comedians. Now, this isn't the same thing, not nearly the same thing as that, because, you know, comedians are trying to defend their own from these jokes that they're telling. And, you know, they blame it on cancel culture and all of that. And But I'm also seeing comedians say that, you know, Will Smith could have killed him. I think I saw that from Judd Apatow. It's like, okay. Give me a break there, Judd. But when I heard It's On Sight from Shannon Sharp, I couldn't help but think 
of something real that happened in the sports world. Now, a couple of weeks ago, there was a UFC event, UFC 272, where it was Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. And the draw to that fight was that them two used to live together, used to train together, used to be best friends, and then there were a couple of instances where Covington didn't pay the trainer that trained both of them, so he didn't live up to his word. When he rose up to becoming a champion before Jorge Masvidal did, he became all high and mighty, and you know he, he turned into this, this, this wannabe heel within the UFC, which I think he just does a terrible job of. He doesn't believe anything that he's saying when he's at the mic, right? It just doesn't feel like you're seeing a genuine person, and that's what draws people to the UFC is that you feel like you're seeing their their genuine self. You see, you feel like you're seeing them them being genuine whenever they talk, or at least they are making a joke out of it. But with this guy, you can never really tell. And in the previous press conference, he started talking about Jorge Masvidal's kids and his ex-wife. Mentioning her by name in the presser. And Covington was also saying that if I ever see him outside of the outside of the octagon, he knows it's on site. And he's using those ter- that term on site. And then Jorge Masvidal was not joking. He's saying, man, don't talk about my kids. Don't talk about my family. So what happened was, last week, they were at a steakhouse in Miami. Jorge Masvidal heard he was there. Covington goes outside. And then Masvidal sucker punches him, hits him twice. I believe the term was fractured his tooth, and he also suffered an abrasion within his wrist from his watch. Well, Covington filed charges, and now Masvidal could face up to 15 years in prison for second-degree assault based on what he did. That, to me, is assault. But when Will Smith is going up and slapping Chris Chris Rock... You know, and, and whether or not Covington deserved it, that's a that's a whole nother conversation. But the, the fact does the fact of the matter is that's what I'd consider okay, yeah, that'd be the type of thing that's assault. But going up and slapping him, that was a little too much. It was a little too much, and Will Smith was totally in the wrong for that, should have waited till after. But here's the thing that gets me. We put on this this facade on social media. And Will Smith has 68 million followers on Instagram. 68. When he made an Instagram, I was... It was news. It was news. Will Smith is finally on Instagram. It was the same thing with Jennifer Aniston. When Jennifer Aniston joined Instagram, that was news. It was the same thing with Will Smith. And then it turned out that all his Instagram videos, they can be good, but they're heavily edited and it doesn't feel like it's Instagram. It just feels... It feels like something totally different. He took Instagram to a new level, actually, which I do appreciate. But I saw that he issued an apology on Instagram. Now, he, he, he said, you know, I want to apologize to Chris and wrote this very long, thought-out message. That's great. But the thing that gets me is that I haven't seen any reports that they've talked since then. TMZ has been trying to get in on this. And they said, I mean, Diddy said they squashed it. It's all love. Apparently, Chris Rock never even, they didn't even meet each other. Chris Rock just left the Oscars. That was his whole plan the entire time, was to go and present and then leave. He wasn't going to go to any of the after parties or anything. So him and Will Smith had never even met up. And I'm seeing all of this. Well, Will Smith issued an apology. It's like, no, he didn't. 
He put something on social media where he's apologizing to the fans, and he, he said he apologized. He apologizes to Chris, but he didn't do it face to face. He did it through social media to his 68 million followers. That to me is not an apology. He hasn't said, yeah, I've talked to Chris, we've hashed things out, we're all good. No, he hasn't said anything like that. He just said, I want to issue an apology to Chris. Well, don't do it on social media. I'd rather see that they apologize to each other face-to-face as opposed to doing it over social. And that's just a larger issue that I have with society in general. You know, I mean, posting like a happy birthday message on Facebook, that's fine. It's a, you're a happy birthday message. You might not have a way to contact them. But Will Smith and Chris Rock, they have a way to get into contact with each other. At least Will Smith does. And Chris Rock absolutely 100% deserves a face-to-face apology after that. Because on Monday, I came in here and I was trying to look at it, look at it from Will Smith's perspective. And I was trying to reason with it. But then couple of days later, I'm, I'm looking at all the stories. Apparently, Chris Rock didn't know of Jada's condition, even though everyone said, well, it was announced. I'm like, who announced it? They said, well, Jada did. Well, I don't see every announcement that Jada Smith's making, so I didn't know. And I believe Chris Rock when he said he didn't know. And it was just a one-liner that could have been brushed off to the side, and we didn't even... And, and if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be talking about it two days later. But... I just get I get so bothered by that. Oh, they issued an apology. Well, did they? Did they apologize to that person face to face? That gets me. That really gets me. But, you know, it is what it is. We're not going to we're not we're not going to talk about it that much more. It's just going to be a fantastic meme. I saw one yesterday. Look, there's been so much the the internet the internet is uh is good for many things, it's bad for many things. And this is one of the few times where the internet you know, other than all the arguments going back and forth on whether it was assault and, like I said on Monday, just you're, you're going to find a way to argue about everything. But with all the memes and the captions and everything, the Internet had a good week. The Internet had a good week. And there was one that I saw yesterday, which was uh, which said on the photo, when you run out of ammo in Goldeneye. Because if you know, if you're playing the video game GoldenEye, and you run out of ammo, you are slapping. You have to slap your guy until you grab another weapon, grab some more ammo, whatever it is. But in the meantime, you're slapping away. Sometimes you just only play slappers and you don't even play weapons. Like So instead, you run out of ammo in GoldenEye. Ugh, that got me. That got me. From the 510, man, that slap was fake as hell. I've seen better slaps in the WWE. Come on out. You're saying, come on now? If you can't, if you don't believe that that was real, then I'm saying, come on now. That's just where I'm at, 510. Like, it was not, it, it, it was not fake. Uh, like, that reaction, what good would it do for them to have that happen? For them to talk, for us to talk about it, great. But they wouldn't want that sort of publicity. Wow, the Oscars got. I mean, could you imagine if it really was fake? Wow, the Oscars had a fake slap. Like all the aftermath, the apologies, everything, all the reporting on it. It certainly was not fake. But again, the apology on social media. Hey, let's write a long, drawn out note. But you know what? I'm not going to say anything face to face to Chris Rock. I apologize to Chris to my 68 million followers, but I don't apologize to the one person that I'm supposed to be apologizing for. 
Can't stand it. What's up, Shasky? Steve, have you ever been slapped? Well, by my brother. Like when you were kids? Yeah. Okay, but not as an adult. Not as a, not as an adult, no. Have you ever been in a situation where two grown men slap each other? Been in that situation? No. I've been in a situation where two grown men have punched each other, but not slapped each okay, other. Okay, yeah, because there, there's a time, and the way Will hit Chris, it was a meaty slap. It, it, like, the thing was, it was so comedic, the way that it looked. Because okay. if you look at the, like that meme, my favorite part is he looks like he's in he's in Ali, bro. Like right at the end, 100%. Of, he's got the left hand dub. It's guarding, an action shot guarding his face, and he's got yes. like the follow through. It, I, I do want to sit back and laugh at the situation. It's the apology thing that really gets me. But Why? Because it's like you're you're not you're not apologizing to Chris Rock. You're apologizing to your 68 million <laughs> followers. True. But That's you don't a good eat, point. like he said. Oh, I apologize to Chris, but I haven't seen them two contact each other. He didn't say, yeah, hey, I I, I we. Me and Chris have talked. We've hashed it out. Yeah. I didn't see anything that's like that. That's a good point. It's just, that's what frustrates me about social media in general is we put all these things out no, there. I'm with you. Even though we should be directing it at the one person. One the, Social media, like someone will post like, I love my wife or whatever. It's like, well, are you are you telling her that you love her? Like, I, I know you're telling the internet right. that you love her. Are, are, are you telling her that you love her? My wife doesn't like those kind of posts. Mm. When you have a beef with someone, apologizing to the people that are following you on social media does not equate to apologizing to the person specifically. Exactly. But I want to. You've never been in a situation where two grown men have slapped each other. No. One night we were up at the North Star. Do you know where the North Star is here in the, in yes. the city in, the, in North Beach? Yeah. A little bar. Yeah. It yeah. was uh, my cousin's bachelor party, and Ooh. my one cousin John slapped my other cousin Jack. And I'm telling you right now, the entire bar stopped dead silent, just like it was there. And my cousin wrapped around with the left hand after like a full second of processing it, hit him so hard, spun the other cousin all the way around. Really? Might as well have been a punch. <laughs> if you hit someone with the meaty part of your hand in a slap motion the way Will Smith did, yeah. it stuns you. And if you notice Chris Rock, it took like one, two, three seconds for him to process it. Yeah. That's how it is when you're a grown man and you get slapped right in the cheek. Yeah. I, I think it's just you're really just trying to, what? Will Smith just slapped me? You know, and dude. I thought Chris Rock, I think I thought, yeah, exactly. Wow, dude. <laughs> I thought Chris Rock handled it brilliantly toward the end. And I know we're, we're not going to talk about it at length. I know this is a My sports bad. radio I, show. You it's got me good. fired up and I had to hop it's on. It's all good. I saw you put on the headphones and I'm like, you know what? Just hop on I'm in, whatever. Bad. It's 530 on a Wednesday. Go back to your show. I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, I know you're going to have a take on the Giants because that's what I want to talk about coming up next. At the Comcast oh. Business text line at 888-957-9570. If you're a Giants fan or you're an A's fan, how confident are you in your team this year? Uh, A's fans, you, you start off your text, A's fan, Giants fan, whatever it is, and then give me your take on it. I'm very curious because I spoke with John Morosi yesterday on a podcast outside of here, and when John Morosi, MLB insider for MLB Network, when he doesn't sound too optimistic for the Giants season after what happened this offseason, oh boy. We'll get into all that next. Steve Lightfoot on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I love this. I love this at the Comcast Business text line at 888-957-9570. Before we get to baseball and just my overall thoughts on the Giants season in general, 
I would have thoughts on what's going on with the A's, but I don't even know what their starting roster is going to look like by the time the season comes around. I really need to I need I need to see it. I need to see it. I don't think Ramon Laureano's been traded yet, right? I haven't missed anything. I really don't know how it's going to go. But I want to get to these texts here because we had a lot weighing in on the slap that was heard around the world on Sunday night. And I'm going to be honest. Here's how my night went. So went to my mom's to watch the Oscars because my dad was a huge Oscars guy. So we were watching it uh, in his honor and... You know, I've paid att- I pay attention to the Oscars every single year, and I, I think that it's been a uh, on the decline. You know, not only because of the movies, but I also think because the show the show itself just hasn't been as good. Whether it's you know them figuring out whether they have a host or not, or just uh, all the awkward you know presentations of presenters. The opening monologues for presenters, which is what Chris Rock was doing when he ended up getting slapped. He was doing it for the best documentary feature, uh, but watched it on Sunday night. Didn't catch all of it. Really, I was done. Uh, I I had to leave after the best supporting actor was called. So uh, the best supporting actor who won for the movie Coda. So I ended up. Going back home, watching it the next day after knowing that the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing was going to happen. And really, it was like watching 127 hours. It was like, you know, when you're watching that movie, you understand that the whole premise of that movie, you know the true story already before you even see it. That's what makes it such an interesting one is people already know the ending. But the guy gets his arm trapped in a canyon And he has to chop his arm off so that he can escape and then find his way to safety. It's just an unbelievable story. But you're just waiting for that one scene where he has to cut his arm off. That's what it was like when Chris Rock was up doing the monologue. I'm just waiting for the slap to happen. I'm not even I don't even care about anything else that he said. But it took away from what was a great show. You know, there's some touching moments in there. There's some good moments. Everything that happened with Coda, some of the stuff that was heartwarming. Now, the musical performances, I'd, I didn't really care too much for. But other than that, like Questlove winning the best documentary feature for Summer of Soul, that whole thing. I mean, even after Will Smith just made the slap, he's smiling, shaking Questlove's hand. Chris Rock is up there. Questlove asks, hey, are you doing okay? Before he gives this very heartfelt speech where he got very emotional uh, to the point where he was tearing up and couldn't really think of what to say. And then afterwards, when they're walking, you know, backstage left, you see Chris Rock go, wasn't that bad? <laughs> you see him what, wonder, what happened? Was it ter- was it really that bad what I just saw? But let's just get through these texts here before we actually talk some sports, because I'm sure some of you, I haven't received that text yet. Uh, I haven't received that text where, and thank you, 408, Loriano suspended for 80 games. There you go. Um, but I haven't received that text yet where we're saying, well, I've turned into a sports radio show. Why am I hearing this? But from the 510, too much grandstanding and fake keyboard courage, not enough conversation, new nuance. Everything is a shouting match. From the 510, the internet never lost, undefeated. Also from the 510, they have a movie coming out and ratings went up after the slap. People talking about the slap at the Oscars. No one was watching before and people are going to be very disappointed. But 
That's not the way that the Oscars would want to get their ratings up. I think that they would sacrifice something like that so they wouldn't have to get their ratings up. Uh, from the 650, try slapping yourself until it hurts. So imagine if they hit you with that force, the reaction will be totally different. It was fake. And for the 650, sorry, they should have booted Will out. And I actually, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't think he deserves to just be exiled from the Oscars. I don't think he deserves to be banished. But I do think that he deserves to have been, he did deserve to have been kicked out of that event. And if he would have, and, and if he would have, you know, gone up and accepted the Oscar for Best Actor and not been there, well, that would have been his fault because he should have realized that he was the face of this thing. King Richard was awesome. I watched that movie for the first time over the weekend and, you know, ended up falling asleep because I got tired because I wake up at 5 a.m. Uh, but uh, uh, woke up the next morning and, and watched it back. Man, that was a good movie. It was a very good movie. But now this is all setting up for... This is what it's setting up for. Number one, it's either going to be Chris Rock hosting or it's setting up... Because by the time, by by this time next year, I look, I didn't like the apology, issuing an apology on social media, but not even doing it face to face. That really got to me and seeing the reports that they haven't even talked since then. At least that's what the sources from TMZ say, however much you want to believe that. But if they haven't met face to face and I didn't see in his apology that I've talked to Chris, we've hashed things out like that, that really that that bothers me on a, on a variety of levels because I just think we post things on social media but don't have that face-to-face interaction that we need because we will say things through social media that we really wouldn't say in person but i'm sure they're going to talk it out so what this is aiming for is either chris rock is going to be hosting the oscars next year or chris rock is going to be presenting with will smith and chris rock is going to come out with some headgear some boxing headgear protective wear from the 510. Embarrassed for the people who think that the slap was real. SMH. You're embarrassed for the people that think the slap was real? Oof. Oof. Talk about an unpopular uh talk about an unpopular opinion. Oh boy. From the 650, Will Smith laughed. It wasn't until he saw Jada's face that he went up and slapped Chris Rock. No, I understand. I understand, but he was totally in the wrong for doing it. Totally in the wrong. All right. Let's move on here because we've had some updates here with this Giants roster as Lamont Wade will be missing opening day. Actually, real quick, let's get uh, first off the Evan Longoria news. Evan Longoria is going to be having surgery in his right index finger. Now, last year for Evan Longoria, it was it was pretty fascinating because prior to the season, and it was the same thing with Brandon Belt too. But prior to Evan Longoria's injury, he was batting 280. I think he was already in the double digits in home runs, or at least I think he had eight or nine at the time. And he was playing like an all-star. Like, don't buy... Whenever someone tells you that Evan Longoria didn't play that well last season, that's very true post-injury. But prior to that, prior to that injury, he was hitting over 280. He was hitting the ball out of the ballpark, and he was the Giants' cleanup hitter. And he was also hitting the ball just as hard. If you look at all the metrics, all the analytics, he was hitting the ball just as hard as he has been hitting them in the last five years. 
And that's what good exit velocity and all that stuff, that's when it actually matters. You can tell when a guy's getting the barrel on the ball. Sometimes it's just not going where you need it to go, and then the product of the shift and everything... You know, the expecting batting average and all that, I don't really buy into that uh, all that much. But when it comes to the average exit velo, I do believe in that. And when you're hitting the ball harder than you've ever hit it before, I think that's saying something. But then once his injury happened, that I guess you could call it a freak injury if you're gonna call if you're gonna label it anything. The freak injury to Evan Longoria where him and Brandon Crawford ran into each other which subsequently put Longoria out for an extended amount of time, he just didn't look like the same player. And I was looking forward to this season because I felt like, you know, he could come back for that injury. Maybe he could get back to the form that he was in in the month of April and May prior to that injury. At least halfway into May prior to that injury. But if he's going into this season already having surgery on his index finger, I'm not feeling too good about that. I'm not feeling too good about that. And you need, if you want the Giants to succeed at any sort of level, I think that Evan Longoria has to be a key piece here. Because the left side of that infield has to be solidified when you're going to be platooning at second base and you're most likely going to be platooning in all of the outfield. And unfortunately, speaking of the outfield, this came about yesterday. But Gabe Kapler told reporters that Lamont Wade will open the 2022 season on the injured list. He exited a spring training game, underwent an MRI after experiencing discomfort in his left knee. Now, the imaging revealed inflammation and a bone bruise, and doctors recommended 10 days of downtime before re- before being reevaluated. So that's the key word there, reevaluated. I don't know what Steph's going to look like coming uh, when he's reevaluated for his injury and his timetable for his return. Now it's looking like he could come back soon, but reevaluated when it first happened, and they said Steph would be reevaluated in two weeks. That made me nervous because reevaluated doesn't mean they'll be good in two weeks, and it means the same thing for Lamont Wade. Lamont Wade, inflammation and a bone bruise within his left knee, and he's going to be reevaluated in 10 days. Lamont Wade is another guy who's had a good spring training so far, has looked like he's ready for the season, but you could be without him. You could be without him not only on opening day, but even possibly for the first month of the season. I think that, man, seeing that yesterday, it's going to be tough. And. I think that Logan Webb being the number one, Rodon being the number two, Alex Wood the three, DeSclafani the four, everyone outside of DeSclafani, outside of playing the Dodgers, DeSclafani was a very good pitcher last year. But unfortunately, they had to play the Dodgers in the playoffs, and DeSclafani was just rendered useless at that point because the Dodgers were hitting him like no other team had hit him throughout the season. But I like the look of their rotation. Their bullpen is looking nice, but that lineup, I don't know what to expect from them. And I normally do the, you know, the trust in Farhan and all that. I, I try not to get in that whole conversation because it's just one side or the other. And if you have one opinion on that, there's no chance that your opinion is going to be swayed even after a 107 win season. 
But I do believe in this coaching staff because we're so focused. And speaking of which, we're actually going to have uh, Gabe Kapler coming up here at 6.15 today on the morning roast. So stick around for Giants manager Gabe Kapler. Again, 6.15 on the morning roast. So you're going to want to stick around right here for the rest of this show along for the first 15 minutes, at least for the morning roast, because Gabe Kapler is going to be joining the program. But I do believe in the coaching staff, because it's not just Gabe Kapler. You can look at their bench coach, Kai Correa. You can look at their hitting coach. You can look at all of those coaches. But it's the development guys in the minor leagues within that spring training to get them ready for the season. And it's the way that they practice and they prepare during the regular season that has me believing in the coaching staff. Now, I don't think the Giants are going to be an 107-win team. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, injuries can take place throughout the season for guys in the National League West, but I don't expect the Padres to be as bad as they were last year, even with Fernando Tatis starting out on the IL for the first two, three months of the season. I expect the Dodgers to be a damn good baseball team. And I was seeing something yesterday. The top players under 25, and they were they were going through each position and naming a couple of players in each, and they named Dustin May from the Dodgers, and they put him in the bullpen for the top 25 players under 25. Well, Dustin May, I think he had Tommy John last year. He was gone for the season, but... He's not going to be in the bullpen for that much longer. They're going to get another starter there among their rotation. He hasn't he hasn't counted among their rotation so far. MLB.com had the Giants ranked sixth in their rotation while the Dodgers were ranked seventh. Uh, the reason that the Dodgers were ranked seventh is because they only had three actual starters in their five-man rotation. The last two, it was Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Heaney. Andrew Heaney can be a starter, but also I think he's a more of a bullpen guy too. They're going to have a good rotation. I don't really see the Giants competing with them in the National League West. I'm at the point here where I just hope, and this is me just speculating, but I hope that they can get to 85 wins. That's the number that I'm really looking for there. If they get to 85 wins, then I'm going to be feeling pretty good because they haven't made any free agent moves. I don't really know what their plan is. Now, On an outside podcast that I do, uh, it's called Just Your Opinion, man, if you want to check that out. We interviewed John Morosi yesterday, and Morosi said that they were involved in the Castellanos sweepstakes, the Nick Castellanos sweepstakes. And if you don't know who that is, he's a right-handed power bat from Cincinnati, and he is part of that meme with Tom Brenneman, who was making his apology for the harmful comments, and there's a deep drive in the left field by Castellanos. That's the guy that we're talking about. Well, he got a big deal with the Phillies, didn't come to the Giants. So the Giants didn't really make any big, flashy free agent signings. I mean, 85 wins, I think that's a reasonable expectation. I mean, the way that this team's looking right now, through the course of a 162-game season... Among the double headers, the way that Gabe Kapler has to manage, I mean, I really hope that they could just be a 500 team, but if they got 85 wins on the year, I'd be feeling real good about it. I'd be feeling real good about it. But that just goes to show I'm not feeling too confident right now in this Giants roster. There's not a lot to look forward to, but that's what made them so compelling last year. 
What made them so compelling was they just kept winning game after game after game. And if Joey Bart can make that next step, I'm sure some other guys are going to be called up from AAA and paying attention to what happens in the minor leagues. But baseball is a sport where if you hear any national insiders, national reporters, whoever it is, when you hear them ask questions about these teams and they just have to give you something quick, like a minute answer, they can go through it, but really what they'd say is, well, the Giants are maybe a year or two away. And that's realistically what we're facing right now going into this season. I just can't wait for baseball to be back because I love the sport. And you best believe that Langford's Long Balls is going to be back on this show where I go through my five favorite home runs every week on every Friday. But I'm not expecting a ton out of this Giants team. And with low expectations, sometimes you get a high reward out of it. Sometimes you get a high reward. From the 510, where can I find your podcast? Well, you can go to you can go to Twitter if you want. You can go to Twitter. Go to at NiceGuySteven. <laughs> the shameless self-promotion. I don't normally do it, but it's called Just Your Opinion Man if you want to check that out. All right. Just to recap the NBA standings here, because something happened within the Western Conference with the Utah Jazz uh, that I want to play the highlight, because on TNT... It was unreal what happened when they were facing the L.A. Clippers in the Clippers uh, with Paul George for their first game back. Uh, but the Ma- the Warriors right now are third. The Mavericks are fourth. You got the Warriors going up against the Suns tonight. You got the Mavs playing the Cavs tonight. So if the Mavs win and the Warriors lose, then they will be tied within the standings. But the Mavericks have already run the tiebreaker. So it's a very real possibility that we're coming in here tomorrow morning where the Mavs have jumped the Warriors to the three seed while the Warriors are the four seed. But the Jazz remain in the fifth seed. And on TNT last night, this happened at the end of the game. There was 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter, but let's just laugh a little bit. Donovan Mitchell is at the baseline. He's inbounding the ball and couldn't find an open man. 10 seconds left. The Jazz are down by four, so the game's looking out of reach. And uh, this happened. See what Utah gets here. 10 seconds left. No timeouts. Don't have a timeout. Mitchell doesn't have a timeout. Now that's going to be a technical foul then. I saw Jason Goble trying to shake his head. Donovan Mitchell pulled a Chris Webber. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.